From Homedale to Salmon River, District 3 has several teams that don't always get their due. Stepping outside the shadows of the SIC, this is the Treasure Valley PrepCast with Logan Green. That's right. It's another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we're talking about everything uh, 3A, 2A, 1A in District 3 in the state of Idaho each and every week. Brandon Bainey is always joined by Logan Green. LG, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just uh, just hanging in there. Yeah, we're all hanging in there right now, no doubt about it. Um, hey, we're getting really good feedback uh, from, from the listeners on the podcast, Logan. Uh, we, we had a lot yeah. of emails. We had a lot of comments last week. Um, I think specifically because we were uh, basically shilling for free swag. Yeah. <laughs> we had even somebody uh, left a comment on YouTube asking you, Logan, what is your sweatshirt size? So- oh, they did? I didn't see the YouTube <laughs> comment. Oh, I need yeah. to. Okay. I got to pull that up. Yes. I, uh, yeah. Um, the a- I, I'm, I'm, I apologize. I'm spacing on names. Um, the AD from Cole Valley said he would get yeah, us. Con- Connor Jackson. Connor. That's what it was. Connor. Said he'd get us some Cole Valley stuff. It's funny. I I told me and Paul did a game a few days after that, and I said, yeah. He said he's gonna get us a hoodie. And Paul goes, what? Hey, what? I'm like, well, sorry, Paul. You know, <laughs> right? Beggars, beggars get what they want, and we're here begging, so we get what we want. So I have to, I'll have to follow up on the YouTube, but yeah, we'll 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 take anything. It's great. It's fun to to have stuff. I think it would be fun to have. I saw this video, and I think. Um, What's his name from Gooding? Cameron um, Cameron Anderson. Anderson. This person had this helmet, high school football helmet all throughout his house going down to the basement. And he's like, I don't have anything from Idaho. And there was a couple people that said they'd get him that. But that would be cool. I mean, not, my wife would kill me if I put up hundreds of helmets around the house. But um, but just having a little momentum from from every school, I think that would be – I think it would be fun to have that, something like that. Yeah, uh, where I grew up in Missoula, Montana, there, there's a bar there called Red's Bar, and they've got a football helmet from like every high school and even the colleges. All oh, awesome. Western Montana. The one, the one from my high school, Stevensville High School, is actually my best friend's helmet. After we played, uh, our coach gave them nice. his helmet. So, look yeah. out, Brandon! You're making your mark on Montana history, right? <laughs> by by uh, association, for sure. That's right. So, um, yeah. So, so for the record, Logan, you're a XL. I'm an XL. You can just, just, just send it over any XL hoodies, send them my way. What about you, Brandon? I'm like, I go between a two X and a three X depending on, um, like length. I have a weirdly shaped body where my upper torso is, is taller and I've got broad shoulders. So usually I just say three X just to be safe. Just, just to be safe. Well, that's like, I'm more, this it's not me going out. I swear, clothes shrink. That's what happens sometimes. <laughs> I have this this one, and sometimes it, it it shrunk for sure. It's yeah, it's crazy how it 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 does that. It's not me going out, but right, but, yeah. But it is funny how things are different. I don't know. I have short legs, and I I have trouble finding pants that aren't like rolling onto the ground. Yeah, like I'm I'm short. I'm like maybe I'm pushing five eight and. Even thirty links, there. I'm I'm rubbing the ground. So, not that this needed to turn into a wardrobe discussion <laughs> about Brandon and Logan, but here we are. Here we are, Brandon. Well, we're getting lots of questions about it. So, for the record, Logan XL, Brandon Triple XL, and, and now we can. <laughs> now we can move on. 
just, yeah, just, just, you just message me and uh, we'll tell you where to send it. How about that? Yes, for sure. So uh, we wanted to start uh, the podcast today uh, talking about 1A basketball, specifically 1A D1 boys basketball, because that yep. conference continues to be just just bonkers, Logan. Look at these league standings. Rimrock, 3-0. and Notice, 2-0. and Riverstone, 2-0. and Victory Charter, 2-1. and Liberty Charter, 2-2. and Centennial Baptist, 2-2. and Greenleaf Friends, 2-2. and North Star Charter, 1-1. and I mean, that you've got 1, 2, 3, yeah. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Eight teams all within striking distance. Of, and, and really, Idaho City's 0-2. And, and Wilder and Gem State are both 0-3. But because there's been you know, a small number of conference games played. Everybody's in the mix still. Yeah, it is wide open. And really, this is the, you know, I, I think probably one of the stories of the last week was Rimrock knocking off conference favorite in Victory Charter, right? That's why we that's why we play the games. And they they defeated Victory Charter 34 to 30. So if you're if you're Rimrock, you have got to be happy with where you are at right now. You have beaten Liberty Charter and Victory Charter. Those were the two teams coming into this season that people said, ah, who, who's going to, and we said it, who's going to be able to compete with those two? Well, clearly um, Rimrock can as they've beaten both of them. And now they're, they're in the, they are in the driver's seat. They it's theirs to lose looking at their next couple of games. They played um, this week. They had a non-conference game against Ridgefield, who was a state qualifier last year at the D2 level. Beat them by thirty. Uh, they beat Greenleaf. Also, beat them by forty the other night. And and you look at their 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 remaining schedule. They have North Star on Friday, and then looking into next week, Idaho City Wilder, and then Centennial Baptist. And and it all culminates the last day of the year, February eleventh, a game against Notice. Which if Notice can stay undefeated in conference, which they are right now, you could have an undefeated game. Those two going in undefeated in the final week of the season. And with the way this bracket, which we're going to talk about, shakes up, seeding is going to be extremely important in the in this conference tournament, I think more than any other conference in the state at this point from, from what we've seen. Yeah, so we got the district tournament bracket last week for, for 1AD1 District 3. And what stood out immediately was that this year, the league only gets two bids to state. Last year, they got 2.5. So whoever took third place had an opportunity to uh, earn their way to state via a play-in game. Well, that doesn't exist. Only the top two teams advance to state this year. And typically right. what happens in a conference when you have only two teams advancing, the consolation side of the bracket, whoever ends up third or end, ends up winning that consolation side of the bracket, generally, they get to go through the back door and challenge whoever loses in the championship game for that second and final spot. So basically third and second get to play each other. Right. That's not yeah. happening with this bracket. Yeah, it's crazy. And we thought it maybe it was a mistake. <laughs> you know, yeah. a listener actually emailed into us about this, right? They were saying, does this look normal to you? And we looked at it and we're like, no, uh, it's not. It's a huge conference to not be a double elimination setup is at least in my mind, I think it's a huge disservice if there's I, – I get it that if there's an upset that you're, you, you're done um, because you won. But let, let's just say Rimrock goes undefeated. 
and then gets upset the first game, that's it for them. They're done. Out. Not even a chance. And maybe they have an off night. Maybe, it's, you know, every other – I have not seen a district bracket where it's not this it, – when it's this big that you don't have that double elimination where going backwards, what's the point of playing the con consolation bracket? I mean, everybody wants to win every game, but if you know you literally have nothing to play for, it's tough. It, it's tough. I mean, everybody wants to win, right? You you want to win anytime you're out there on the court, but the night before you lose and you have no chance at you know getting to state, none. It's over. It's tough. It, it's tough. Um, I don't know. And, and yeah, that, I mean, I could I can sit here and, and, and harp on that all night, but it, it it's just a tough way to at least in my mind um, that, you know, whoever loses in the semifinals, that's it for them too. Um, they don't get to, to loop back over to that, the consolation bracket, work their way back and play that second place team. Um, I don't know. I, I, I can see some, some grumpy folks with it this year. I, I think that anybody that's upset would have a legitimate um, gripe with it and that it, it would be a tough way to end your season. I mean, we're talking about one extra game, adding one extra game yeah. to the tournament where basically the consolation bracket winner plays whoever lost in the championship. That's that's all you're asking. Yeah. Uh, to be clear, there is a consolation side of the bracket, but whoever wins that, whoever emerges as the third place team, that, that's it. They're done. They take third place yeah. and they go home. So like you said, what is the motivation? to to if you If you're a team that loses in the semis, like you're – we could possibly have a final four of like Rimrock notice victory charter, Liberty charter. And let's say you're yeah. victory and you're the two seed and you, you lose to like third seeded Liberty charter or whatever happens. Just all right. We'll pack it out. We're done. We don't want to keep playing. But. What's the point of playing your constellation game the next night, knowing that the highest you can finish is third with no chance to, to maybe fight back through and, and earn a spot. Those, those kids will go play that game at settlers park in Meridian. They don't care. Like we don't have a we don't have a venue for this uh the, this spot to state. We don't care. We'll play it at the park. They don't they don't care. We'll play it at the church down the road. Nobody cares. Uh, we'll we'll play a half court game. Who cares? We'll we'll figure it out. I, you know I, I guess that's my point of view. I get it that it's tough to to schedule and all this stuff, but man, it's it's just a shame that that at least in in my view that that that's it. It's a single elimination. Most tournaments aren't even single elimination. They all, if you lose, you you keep you have another shot at it. Most districts, even the even the small ones, will play a best of three series. Like like you think a district one up north, sometimes there's only three teams in the district and or two, and they'll just play a best of two and or best of three. It, yeah, I get it though. I mean, I I see it. That's what happens in the NCAA tournament, one and done. But also, this is districts. Um, and everybody else is doing it one way and you're not. So could be an interesting discussion later on to see how that one shakes out. And with, with the way it is, I mean, you look at Rimrock notice and like a victory in a Liberty charter, those teams are, are, are good teams and two of them are not going. Um, and, and only two are going to get a, a shot at it. I mean, wh why even play the, the final game, Brandon? What's the point? You right. both made it in to state. Who? Who cares? Right? 
I mean, I mean, yeah, honestly, theoretically, that, why? Yeah. Who cares? Right. No, I, I get that for sure. Um, be, because the, also this year it's with the max preps rankings. So theoretically your win or loss in the championship game could move the needle, but probably, yeah. I don't know, not a ton. Um, so yeah, but if you, hey, if you don't want to lose it, just, just, just call it good. And you could have been like the Raiders and the chargers a couple weeks ago, just agree to take a knee and, uh, and get out of there with a tie and, and I mean, that didn't happen, but yeah, almost I, I, I mean, so this, this bracket coupled with the unpredictability of the league this year, yeah. I think is going to, it, people are going to start asking why I think yep. and so we, we just wanted to bring it up here. Yep. We're still a ways away from districts, but we wanted to start talking about it because I think more and more people, as they realize what's happening they'll have questions so yeah because even we did when we heard about it we're like that can't be right and i, I i'm just worried that there's going to be people playing in the tournament that that don't even get it yeah so anyways <laughs> real quick riverstone also two and oh you know uh they're off to a two no start in the league look at this gauntlet coming up though victory charter tonight we're recording this on wednesday afternoon of the 19th victory charter tonight Liberty Charter Friday. Notice the following Monday. We'll find out real quick where Riverstone sits. Yeah, that is a gauntlet of games right there. That's talking about going through the ringer. <laughs> and then and then they get a quote unquote break, North Star Charter on Tuesday, and then they play Rimrock on Friday. <laughs> so That's tough. That's four of the five best teams in the league right there that you have to go up against. Um and I said break in quotes because like North Star Charter is also pretty they're good. one and one. They're sitting there. They're I yeah. mean, I just think so far it's it's the conference has showed that anybody could come out and win this thing when that tournament does start. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. And because of uh illnesses and games getting moved around, the back half of the schedule is really backloaded. So there's gonna be good games almost yep. every night. In, in the Western Idaho Conference. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Speaking of the Western Idaho Conference, the 2A version of the WIC has also been very fun to watch lately. We had the oh, big yeah. matchup last week uh, that we previewed here on IdahoSports.com. And then, Logan, you were actually at the game. Ambrose and Melba, the top two teams, finally met. Uh, this was uh, an interesting game. Ambrose ends up winning 60-49. to 49, But what did you see from that game? So, look, Brandon, that game, it was a one-point game at the beginning of the first quarter. So after three, Ambrose led by three. Um, on the opening impounds, Joe Reber stole it and dunked it for Melba, just like a just, just, just stuffed it and cut it to one. And you're like, oh man, here we go. And then all of a sudden, a um, couple of threes come raining in from the Ambrose side. And all of a sudden, it was up to like 15 points just in the blink of an eye. Um, that game was close. Ambrose led pretty much from end to end, but it, I mean, it, you know, it, what's that? Not a harmonica, uh, any, the, you know, that instrument, the accordion. Yeah. It would go in and out, in and out, in and out. Ambrose's lead. And then, you know, it, it got very close right there at the beginning of the fourth and it just came out. Um, and, you know, I tell you, I have not seen, and Lucas Gephardt was there with me um, doing the game and we were both talking. And we, we don't think we've ever seen a team miss as many point blank shots as Melba in that game. They had so many shots. Like so there was a ghost in the rim, popping it out. They were halfway down and just came out. It was just consistent all night. 
And, 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 you know, I don't know how much of that is attributed to a, a bad shooting night or how much it is it can be attributed to um, great defense by Ambrose and making them uncomfortable and forcing them into maybe a look that they wouldn't have taken before. Um, so, you know, you can play that dance all you want and say it was because of this, it was because of that. But I just can't see Melba missing that many shots in the future. And, and they're big. Melba's big and tough just down low when it, some of their guys down there just they can dunk and they can get up and they are big um it's just i think that both of those schools when it comes to the state tournament are going to be very hard to deal with ambrose is fast and quick and can shoot melba is tough and they are going to out any night they're going to out rebound you and I, I i don't think i've seen a team rebound as well as melba they are phenomenal on the offensive boards. Again, they just could not get the shots to go Thursday night. It was it was incredible how many just didn't go in for them. And like I said, it's, they're not a team that shoots poorly. They're, they're a good shooting team on the year. Um, so I don't know how, again, Ambrose defense, just a bad night shooting, maybe probably a combination of them both. And I just don't think you're going to see that from Melba again. I think that they're going to take advantage going forward in the rematch that's played in Melba in a couple of weeks should be a fun one. Um, but Hey, at the same time, you got to look and say, not so fast. Nampa Christian is here um, kind of lurking around the corner as they go. And later on in the week, they beat Ambrose. So now all of a sudden we have ourselves a huge hog pile here at the top of the conference with only two and a half bids to get it, give out. Cole Valley still in the mix. Now Nampa Christian says, well, don't, don't forget about us. We're here too uh, to go along with Ambrose and Melba. So that is going to be a phenomenal district tournament to determine you know, three who, who are the three teams that are going to have a chance at state from the district. It's not going to just be Melba and Ambrose, and that's all she wrote. Yeah, so uh, Nampa Christian beat Ambrose 57-53. to 53. And the, the league standings right now, Ambrose and Melba are tied for first at six and one. Nampa Christian technically is a half game behind at five and one, but they all have one loss. They've all beaten each other. It's like one yeah. of those circles, right? Ambrose beat Melba. Melba beat Nampa Christian. Nampa Christian beat Ambrose. And so they're all going to play each other again starting on Friday night, Friday the 21st. Melba will travel to Nampa Christian, and that'll be the, kind of the first of this three-game so swing. It's a big game. If yeah. Nampa Christian can come away with a win there, man, that changes everything. It doesn't matter. Whoever wins this game is going to, it's going to ripple effect into the state tournament. It's uh and you think about it, finishing first now, probably more important than ever because those two and three are going to have to play each other in the semifinals. Right. And it's probably going to be two of those three teams and they've proven, proven that they can all beat each other. So Finishing first versus finishing second could be the difference between going to the state play-in game or, you know, just being that automatic bid. Again, we mentioned it last week. I think whoever wins this or is the play-in team is going to have a very good favorable matchup because I believe it was District 5. Yes. Um, and they're kind of – they're also bunched in together, but it's a, it's a little bit different than this bunch. Um, a little bit. So, they're all – they're all six and six. They're not. Yeah, it's it's a little different. So I, I think that, I mean, real, real realistically, I can see there being three teams from District Three at state, and that it, you know, but what three? 
who knows? Because Cole Valley has hung around with all of these teams too, and 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 they'll have a thing to say about it before it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, Cole Valley lost to Nampa Christian by just three the last time these two teams played on January 7th. So they certainly are in the mix as well. So yeah, this, this kind of this three game swing here, it's uh, Melba at Nampa Christian Friday night, the 21st, the next game will be that rematch between Melba and Ambrose. That'll be in Melba on February 4th. And then Monday, February 7th, Ambrose at Nampa Christian. They'll all play each other and, and hopefully sort this thing out, but man, a lot of good basketball. Okay. Who impressed you more? I asked you, uh, because Joe Reber and of Melba and Johnny Sugarman of Ambrose are probably going to be the co-players of the year. I think they were last yep. year. They're they're both very skilled. Was there one guy that stood out more than the other? Man, the thing is, Brandon, they both did their own thing. Reber scored. I have to pull up my my notebook here. How many he had? But he, I mean, he he scored a ton of points in that game for Melba. Uh, Sugarman. It took him a little while to get going. He had a little bit of foul trouble earlier on in the game. But he ended up being the Idaho sports player of the game um, because he got hot in the fourth quarter. And that's, I mean, is that, is there any better sign of a great player than getting hot in the fourth quarter? No, you know, it, it was crunch time and he stepped up when he needed to. But I don't know if I could pick one that's better, to be honest. They are just, they, there's a reason they were co players of the year last year and they could very well be this year as well. They're just, they're both very good. They're they're different players. Um, Reber, it was my first time seeing him. Uh, but when he get up, when he, in, in warmups, he got up and dunked, and I kind of stepped back. I was like, I did not expect that that he was going to get up and dunk like that. And uh, I saw him tagged. Idaho Sports put up a video of a dunk today on the on Twitter and Instagram pages, and and I saw his name um, tagged in there as one of Idaho's best dunkers, and. Uh, in open space, I think he very well could be. So I, they're both so different, I think, um, in the way they play the game. But I don't know if I could pick one, Brandon, to be honest. I know that's a lame answer and that nobody wants to hear. Ambrose people want me to pick Johnny. Uh, you know, Melba people want me the other way. But I'll just tell you, too, super impressed with both of those fan bases. Um, not a huge gem at Ambrose, but it was completely full, and it was split right down the middle. It was like the Red Sea to the left of us all red to the right, all blue. It was a great, it, it was a great environment. Yeah, that's awesome. I got to see both of those teams last year at state. I, I was on the call for the two a state tournament for boys. Uh, Johnny Sugarman is such a smooth ball handler and three point shooter. And you're right. Joe Reber is kind of an athletic freak. It was really scary last year uh, in Melba's second game. They, they had to play St. Mary's uh, in the, in the opening round. Um, congratulations on winning the conference. Uh, and winning districts, you get to play the state champs right away. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> right. And what, you, what you said there, I think that's that's the that's a perfect explanation. Sugarman is just smooth. He's slick, and Reber is just athletic. He's a freak, like in a, in the best way possible. He just he does things that I would my body would just say, let's just die instead <laughs> of trying that. And he did. They both in that aspect, they're just different ball players, but so good at what they both do separately. Yeah, it was, it was uh scary last year. So Melba lost to St. Mary's and then in their second game, Joe Reber went up in the air and kind of got clipped out from underneath and fell and hit his elbow um, mm. on, on the court, like hard, like it, it looked bad. And he, he left the game. Uh, it was pretty early on. 
um, in the first half and uh, didn't didn't come back. And so I was like, oh man, that's that looked gnarly. But he's obviously recovered from that and looks awesome. So uh, right, yeah, it's it'll be fun to watch both of those teams. Um, try Definitely. For sure. All right. 3A. So we've got 1A, 2A, 3A. And for our 3A talk, we're going to switch over to the girls uh, because we've talked about it for a couple of weeks now. Parma starting to starting to play their best ball at the right time. They're still just nine right. and eight overall, but they're five and one in the conference. And they have won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven of their last eight. So they're, I mean, they're a team that's certainly trending in the right direction. Fruitland. 11 and 4 overall, 5 and 0 in the conference. Uh they defeated Parma the first time these two teams played on a, a basically a buzzer beater. They they had the ball with about 10 seconds left. Fruitland got the ball down low on on the block to Gracie Huff and she hit a little turnaround shot as time expired and Fruitland won that game over Parma by a final of uh 48 to 46. And now finally right. the, re- the rematch comes Thursday night in Parma, winner of this game probably wins the regular season title. Yeah, probably so. And and you look at this really when we look back at Parma's beginning of the season. I mean, they lost two to Melba, who's a good team, right? Making a run to the state championship last year. Two to Coal Valley Christian, who might be. I mean, they might be the best two A team by far. They, I mean, they hung. They played in a tournament with four and five A teams and and held their own, yeah. right? So no joke. That's that's two of their losses, and then they lost to Sugar Salem, who Top doesn't rank. matter. They they could be playing um, pickleball blindfolded and they'll still win it. Um, you know, top ranked three A team, Sugar Salem. Yeah. So right there, I mean that that's six of their losses, right there. Five or I can't do math. One, five. two, three, four, five of their losses, mm-hmm. right? Th- this Parma team. Is like you mentioned, they're 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 nine and eight. I mean, five of their losses are against very good team, you know. And has this helped them now when they get into this late season where they play these really good teams? They've they've already been there. They had that challenge earlier. It's not you know deer in the headlights where they get up and they play a good team and it's whoa, this is different. They've already done it. They know what to expect, and and you know they're going to be right there and said it'll be fun to see what happens tonight in that game and if if they can get over that hump it's at home you gotta like you gotta like it in a rematch at home in a one-point game little revenge um yeah i you know i if i had to go on a limb here i like the panthers tonight yeah and for fruitland they've had doubters all year all they do is keep winning and this is sure. their opportunity to prove that hey we're not going anywhere so you might right. as well get used to it <laughs> Yeah, just be quiet and uh, give us what we deserve. You know, soccer team did that this year. The girls' soccer team just rolled through everybody. Uh, really, nobody stood a chance. Yeah. Um, and them, and then those girls, a lot of them, just rolled right over to basketball and keep doing the same thing. So watch out for that Fruitland squad. Should be a fun game tonight. Yes. Uh, and then real quick on the boys' side, speaking of Fruitland, they did defeat McCall Donnelly uh, last night, 45-37. to 37. So McCall Donnelly takes their first loss in conference. And now it's kind of an interesting Homedale is in first place. Now three and oh McCall Donnelly's two and one Fruitland is one and two. That, that was their first win. It came over the Vandals and Fruitland otherwise had dropped games to both Payette and Parma. So I, I don't know what to make on the boys side. It's good. Uh, that's going to be another one where the district tournament is, is crazy. 
to, to yeah. see who gets. And then what did, did we talk about? What are their bid situation? I forget. Is it, are they two and a half? Um, yeah. So for the, please, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> buffering, buffering. Uh, so for the three, a district three, they get two and a half. Okay. So I've got a bunch of stuff everywhere right now. So they have two and a half bids. I mean, it, it's probably going to be those three, but in what what order are those three? I tell you, I saw that Homedale team play at the Hawaii tournament, and, and they had they had a rough go of it there just because of who they, they played. I mean, they played some very good teams. They played Ambrose. Um, they, they played some really good teams in that tournament looking back. Um yeah, they they played Ambrose and then they 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 beat Aberdeen and and Malad at that tournament. Um, but man, that they, they're a team that's very well balanced and anybody can lead that team any given night. Um, a lot of the names on that team, and I mentioned it before, it was fun to do their games right up close. I mean, we were right there courtside for those games. And I'm like, oh, that's what Hayden Kinslow looks like without a helmet on. Never knew that because I'm so used to seeing them with a face mask over their face. But you know. Th- they're a good team. They're athletic. A lot of those guys play football. And so, so, you know, they're athletic and they're going to work harder than anybody else on the court when they're given the chance. And and right now sitting pretty, um, I think, I think they were the preseason favorite to come out of uh, district three this year between them or McCall. I can't remember. I think um, it was McCall, but I think Homedale was second. So, but, but McCall, I mean, now that, you know, they, they have that loss in their pocket at Fruitland. Does that open the eyes of Homedale and say, Hey, we can take this thing. We can, we can fight through it. And I mean, that McCall team is very good too. Um, McCall Donnelly, super good, strong. I mean, DJ Green is most likely when he steps on the floor the best basketball player on the floor almost every night. So those three are in for a dogfight, and it's just crazy when you look at where we are. I mean, Girls State will start in less than a week um, or less than a month. You know, yeah. district tournaments are going to start in two weeks, two and a half weeks. And, yeah, we're starting to get down to it already. Crazy that basketball season is is really turning the corner right now and teams are finding their groove and and hoping, you know, we've seen a little, at least I've seen a little more cancellations um, than we have all through football season. And, and hopefully, hopefully we can get those all out of the way <laughs> before the state tournament starts. All these, you know, sickness problems will be, will be out the door yeah. by the time district rolls around. Certainly. Yeah. Uh, so last point on the three, a boys, uh, the third place team from district three will play the second place team from districts one and two up North, just for some comparison's sake, priest river right now is the best team in the standings up North. They came down to that Parma holiday tournament, uh, beat Parma, but lost to Weezer. 69 61 and Weezer is fourth right now in in the league. So that gives you an idea of right. We, we think we think uh that third team probably has a good shot at getting a state as well. So probably be a good game. At least it'll be they won't be walking to their their imminent death. We'll say that that they that they'll probably have a good shot, right? Yeah, for sure. So Wow. We had a lot of good stuff. We didn't go as in depth on all of the uh, conferences as we normally do. We kind of just picked a couple of big stories and really gave those stories the attention we thought it deserved. And 
Uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about next week is because we're to the point now where there's like big impactful matchups yeah. every single week. So yeah, th this, this next week and especially in girls basketball next 10 days are really going to set the standard of what we're going to see at, you know, at district seedings. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks for tuning into the Treasure Valley PrepCast, as always. Uh, for Logan Green, I am Brandon Bainey. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the competition this week, everybody. And we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.